Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast recording in Pac-12 country. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's coming to you live from Marina Del Rey. Oh yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who, like me, comes to you live from San Diego. That's right, Trey Newman. All right, before we get into the episode, want to remind everyone, if you like the podcast, help us spread the word, text a friend about the show, share it on Facebook or Twitter. We've been growing a lot the last few months, but Ryan is uh, just really kind of desperate for more listeners. Would you say that, Ryan? Would you say desperate's the right word? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. You eat pieces of shit poop for breakfast <laughs> all right right uh how about some uh, some twitter followers for you ryan what's your what's your handle uh ryan at ryan f newman one is that a question i got it right didn't i <laughs> you got it right you got it right trey how about you at three newman all right there you go trey's got a better handle than i do it's a pretty good one yeah uh also follow our group twitter at cfb bros Okay, let's get into the Pac-12 South, and we'll start with fact or fiction. Trey, what's our first question? Fact or fiction, the odds makers and the betting market are correct in making JT Daniels the favorite to win the Heisman among players in the Pac-12 South. False. Major false. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so if you look at the, the odds right now, JT Daniels from USC at 40 to 1, Eno Benjamin at ASU. 75 to 1. Khalil Tate, Arizona, 80 to 1. And then Chenault at Colorado, 250 to 1. I think Khalil Tate should be the favorite. I mean, if you look, just go back two years ago, Khalil Tate was gaining some Heisman buzz even when he didn't even start the season as the quarterback. And then last year, he had a bum ankle and still managed to put up some, some good passing numbers. So he improved there. If he stays healthy, he's going to have monster numbers this year because they have a good O line, a good running back. Receivers are a little bit of a question mark. But he's going to put up monster numbers, and I, I like him way better than I like JT Daniels. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go fiction as well. I, I agree with you about Khalil Tate. I think last year it seems like the perception out there is that he had some terrible year through the air. It's not his fault that the defense was super bad, and it's yeah. I, I don't see it that way. I mean, he had a low completion percentage, but 8.4 yards per attempt. That's that's yeah, really good. Yeah, he had good. like, what, so, 28 touchdowns or something like that? Uh, 26, I think. 26, so, yeah. Not not a bad season at all. And like you say, you know, healthy should be a bigger year. And one guy missing from this list, I actually think, is Zach Moss running back for Utah. I know it's hard for a running back to win the Heisman, but Utah has a puncher's chance of going undefeated. You put him over Huntley? I think so. Yeah, because, I mean, he was on pace last year when, when he was... You know, if he would have stayed healthy, Zach Moss, for over 1,500 rushing yards. So I just think, yeah, I think those numbers would put him over Huntley. Fair. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually agree with the odds makers and betting market and say fact. The reason being, like, I, I agree that I would, I like Khalil Tate more than JT Daniels, but I just don't see Tate in Arizona having a really good season. I think there's potential that, that JT Daniels could lead USC to a, you know, a successful season. I mean, it would be, it wouldn't be crazy if they won the, the South. Right. So I think just because of that fact, because SC might have a better chance at being a little bit more nationally relevant, I would say JT Daniels uh, makes sense. And of course, 
elephant in the room, Graham Harrell, as the the new offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, in their new system, he could put up big numbers. All right, next one. Fact or fiction, USC has the most difficult schedule in the country. So I got to say fiction. They they do have a, a very tough schedule, but I look at South Carolina as the toughest, and, and mainly just for one fact. They play Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. That alone, <laughs> if they just didn't play anyone else, I would say that maybe it's be yeah. the hardest, but not to, you throw in the fact that they also play uh, national top 15 team Florida uh, and even their their quote-unquote cupcake in November is against App State so you know they're no slouch so I I think SC's is tough but not quite yeah I'm going to say this is fiction as well I'll even mention a, a different team from the Pac-12 that I think is harder Stanford I think Stanford has a more difficult schedule they play Northwestern who won the Big Ten West last year UCF they play at UCF and then Notre Dame Although those are three really good opponents in the non-conference. And then, of course, they're in the north. So they play Oregon and UW. I don't. And then they get USC from the south. It's I think Stanford's is even harder than SC's. Yeah. Clean sweep for fiction. I mean, USC is up there. Obviously, there's. Yeah, it's it's very hard for sure. There's very few gimmies, really no gimmies on the schedule, but not but, for SC. <laughs> wow, Ryan. That's all right, Ryan. Let's just you I set can, me up, dude. What do you bus USC? Ryan backing it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if the, if you're a new listener, USC is uh, is my favorite team. So yeah, but but I can acknowledge that. Uh, yeah, they haven't been very good. No, no. Uh, so yeah, no. I think South Carolina and Auburn. We didn't mention theirs is is right up there yeah, too. So for sure. Okay, next one. Uh, Factor fiction. Utah needs to go undefeated. To make the college football playoff now i there i'm sure there's a, a permutation you could make where a one loss utah gets in but i'm gonna say it's most likely fact the schedule is is pretty weak because the pac-12 south outside of utah is terrible and they avoid <laughs> you're just dogging on your own team well hey man i just call it like i see it you're getting mad at me for it i'm <laughs> not hey he's rational he's rational. I'm rational exactly hey i picked under yeah. for usc last year so remember that when you just don't like to set yourself up for disappointment that's that's true that's true but just remember yeah. that i picked under last year when i eventually talk about how great they're going to be later but yeah <laughs> um no but they uh the utah schedule they avoid oregon and stanford from the north so that made it even yeah. weaker and i think a one loss utah it's going to be probably last in the pecking order of one-loss teams. They'd definitely be behind a two-loss SEC champ and maybe even behind a two-loss Michigan or Ohio State. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't like their chances. No, and you looking at their schedule, outside of their game against Washington, there's no guarantee that they're going to play another ranked team. You know, maybe Wazoo or an SC team. So I, I think they have to go unbeaten. Yeah, uh, it's they would need a lot of help. For, for, if they had one loss from the outside teams. Right. And the one loss they would need to, to so they would need a, in their Pac-12 title game, they would need Oregon or UW, whoever it being like, they would need to be 11 and one or 12 and 0 and have, have it be like a big, big win. Cause if they're just playing like a nine and three Oregon or Wazoo or Washington or whoever, it's just not going to move the needle. So they, uh, they need, to, they need, uh, they need some help. All right. Let's get into our tiered rankings then for the, for the Pac-12 South. At the top, we have the contenders. Ryan, who's our first contender? All right. Our uh, our first contender here is uh, the Utah Utes. Their over-under is being set at nine, with the uh, the over being the favorite at minus 130. 
I like the Utes this year. I really do. They got a lot of starters coming back, 15 to be exact. And I really, really like that defense. Uh, they were fifth in the country at just 100 yards a game against the run. And and they had 37 sacks. So that kind of tells you that that defensive line can do it all. And everybody comes back. They decided to come back for another year. You got Bradley and I, who was awesome off of the end. You got uh, Lecky Fotu up as your run stuffer. Uh, John Panis, Panasini. I mean, they are just deep. Careful they, with that name, Ryan. Careful with that name. Yeah, easy, easy. easy. <laughs> What'd I say? No, you <laughs> you got it. But Panasini, it's just you just got to be careful with that one. Oh, careful. <laughs> True. Good point. Didn't really realize that till now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so their D line is stacked. The question mark is a little bit is that that linebacking core. They lost a couple of the key playmakers there, Chase Hansen in particular. Uh, but they got a legit transfer. Uh, from Penn State, Manny Bowen. He was kicked off of Penn State's team uh, like last year, so he's been in Salt Lake City for a while now. He was great at Penn State. He started a lot of games, played a ton, so he's going to fill in nicely, big-time talent. Do They lost Marquise Blair at safety, but three other starters are back in their secondary, filled with upperclassmen, so defense should be really, really, really good. And then offensively, as long as Tyler Huntley stays healthy, because Shelley kind of came in and struggled a little bit, uh, especially through the air. So they they really need Huntley um, to stay healthy and Zach Moss. If they do that, I like this U team. So I'm I'm going over on them. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly the best team in the South. They're the clear favorites for a reason. Can't say enough about the defense. One guy you didn't mention, Jalen Johnson at corner, potential All-American. So yeah. yeah, they are stacked on that side of the ball. And I like the offense too. Again, you say if they're healthy because last year weren't last year yeah late in the season of course Huntley and Zach Moss went down kind of back to back and that was that was rough for them but uh Britton Covey another piece on the offense I really like a wide receiver yeah he came back from his mission last year he can he can kind of do it all so all the pieces are there I think nine and three is probably most likely but if I'm forced to choose I'm, I'm gonna take the over it's gonna be a clean clean sweep I really like Utah uh, I like Tyler Huntley, um, yeah. you know, his dual threat ability and new offensive coordinator there, Andy Ludwig. He's he even said he's really excited to work with him. Uh, so I, I like him. I like Moss Covey. Like you just mentioned, he's one of my favorite players. He's so fun to watch. He's a tough little guy. Yeah. And then Whittingham, he's quoted as saying that his D line has three NFL guys. So you touch on how good it is. But, uh, you know, jury's out on the NFL caliber, but they, they're legit. I, they could have been, they could have been drafted this past year. So I, I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. They, I like to talk the special teams and they do lose award winner Matt Gay at kicker. So that hurts uh, a, a decent amount because they're going to have to rely now on a freshman walk on or a UCLA backup grad transfer to replace him. And don't they, I think they lose their punter too. Mitch Wisnowski, was that his name? Yeah. I think that. That sounds right. I, I think he was you there last. You wish that was correct. What's that? <laughs> you wish that was correct. Oh, wow. Nice. Ryan getting into the pun game. Wow. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah that's not my that game. came out but... of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I'll take it. Any, any, yeah, more, any more thoughts on Utah? Are we all good? We're all going over? I'm, I want to talk a second a bit more about the receivers. We only mentioned Britton Covey. Yeah. But uh, they have a legit deep threat in Jalen Dixon, which is huge for an offense. He spreads the, spreads the field for him. And then sophomore brian thompson he was injured last year he, he i think he played in four games he might end up being their best re- overall receiver so they got it all uh so yeah we're we're, we're all we're all in agreement over. we're all in agreement and i'm making utah over my lock of the pac-12 Ooh. wow so 
Now, the the last thing I want to do do want to touch on is Kyle Whittingham. Put you guys on the spot here. Where would you guys rank him in the Pac-12? Oh, that's oh, a good question. All right, so I got number one, Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson, yeah. So he like you guys are. I mean, so for sure, Chris Peterson. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. For sure, I, th- I think for sure. Yeah. Uh, number two. Let's see who's it down to. You got Mike Leach. Well, David Shaw. I'm not a big Shaw guy. No, not a big David Shaw guy. Uh, no, I. Mm. Chip Kelly's too early. Some. Yeah, Chip Kelly. Hard to Herm say. Edwards. Clay Helton. <laughs> yeah. Good one, Ryan. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I guess I would put him second. I mean, I think it's one of those seconds where it could change quickly. Like if Mario Cristobal has a big year with what he showed in recruiting, suddenly he could be second. Or yeah. you know, it's it's always hard to pick against Leach, you know, because he's he's winning at places that it's it's sort of hard to win. But I just think his track Whittingham's track record has been impressive and 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 just the the long run it's been. No, yeah, he's. I, I think I'd put him and Leach tied at second. Okay, all right. So, yeah, cool. All right, next up, I'm excited. We have my alma mater, USC. The win total is set at seven. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. <laughs> the over is a minus one twenty favorite. No, I actually think that's that's the right win total because obviously, coming off of a, a very poor year and the schedule is really tough. But, you know, this is it's one of the toughest teams to pick, I think. Um, there's just so many kind of toss up games on the schedule, but I'm going to lean over this season. I'm, wow. I'm a little I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, the D line, I think, should be really good. I, I really like Jay Tufele. He could be an all pack 12 player as a sophomore. The linebackers are OK. I think Naote Ote, the former five star, should break out as a sophomore as well. The big question mark, it's a giant question mark, is huge. the secondary. Huge. Yeah, there's the depth is a huge concern there. It's it's really just a bunch of four and five star freshmen and sophomores. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen? It's just there. Greg Johnson's the only guy that has experience. Thank goodness Greg Johnson came back. Yeah, yeah. I also yeah. really like uh, Telanoa Hufunga at safety. He he showed well um, before he got injured last year. Now, the offense has a, a ton of potential. The skill talent is great. All those receivers. And the hope is that Graham Harrell can develop, develop JT Daniels. Ooh, develop him. Develop. Oh, that's a new word. Ooh. That's it's, it's a word. Yeah. yeah. I'll move on. Um, or possibly Jack Sears. I don't think it's, it's totally a lock that it's going to be JT Daniels. And the other hope is that the questionable offensive line can be negated by an air raid style. I think both of those things are going to happen to some extent. And that's why I'm going over Unfortunately, that means Clay Helton might keep his job. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm also going to actually go over. You know, we All talk right. a lot of doom and we talk a lot of doom and gloom about SC and Clay Helton. And well, yeah, I'm not optimistic on the long, long run prospects of Helton, but I'm really excited to see what the offense looks like under Graham Harrell. You know, it might not be. It's going to be similar to what Cliff Kingsbury would have would have brought. So, you touched on some of the position players, like the receiving core is insane. Amon Ross St. Brown is amazing yeah uh then earlier we got we got michael Pittman, tyler vaughn's like they they are set stephen carr can catch the ball out of the backfield too mm-hmm. you know michael you talked about the offensive line woes they they ranked 107th in rushing last year but hopefully the the new air raid system kind of opens up some holes for the backs and then you pretty much said all there is on defense they do they rank 118th in returning production so that's a little little frightening but uh i think 
you know, the schedule is difficult, but I think if they, I think they're going to start three and O and that's going to set them up to go over their wow, win total. Three and O really? I, I do. I think they're going to go three and O. Wow. I going the other way, gentlemen. Uh, I'm taking the under here on USC, even with those really, really good receivers last year, they were very inconsistent through the air. Um, maybe that a little bit had to, he I mean, a true freshman, well, you know, a lot of, yeah, I've seen true freshmen do better than that. Adrian <laughs> Martinez did better than that. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's, it's fact. It is true. It's true. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but he wasn't coached by T Martin. So that's the thing Ooh. I was just going to say, T Martin may have something to do with that. So maybe Graham will be, be an upgrade. Uh, but I, I don't think the offensive line is going to be any much better. I mean, maybe a little bit. Uh, is Drew Richmond, Michael? I, I is he supposed to be? And star- eh. He's he's in a competition to start there, but it, it's not. He's not coming in and just being a lock to to take over. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That might not. I'm, so I'm not super encouraged uh, about the offense. Defense. I'm kind of the same thing. They were really really bad at forcing turnovers last year they were 120th in turnover margin at minus 10 which i'm surprised michael did not mention oh oh you just wait you just wait sir yeah so but i I don't see them being great in that category again this year with a very very inexperienced uh defensive backfield i mean that's asking a lot so i don't think they'll be getting a lot of interceptions they weren't good at stopping the run it's I'm not. I'm not high on them. I, I, I'm going to have to go under with that tough schedule, uh, and just the Clay Helton factor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. so Ryan, I guess that means you think Clay Helton will be fired. Yeah, and I'm also not confident in Clay Pendergast. I'm not Clay Clancy <laughs> Pendergast. <laughs> no, I, I don't like Clancy Pendergast too much either. I, I agree. He's he is uh, he's got something to prove this yeah, year for so, sure. Sorry, I'm going under. All right. Well, Ryan, you kind of stole a point I wanted to get to here, but that's okay. Would you guys allow me to do a little bit of a Homer top five list right now? I only have three, so it's 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 top three list actually. Can I can I do that right now? Please. Yeah, please. All right. Here we go. The top three reasons, statistical reasons, that USC will have a bounce back year. Hmm. Number three is red zone efficiency. USC was extremely inefficient in the red zone on both sides of the ball last year. Now, there's certainly some some signal there, but that's a stat that regresses heavily from year to year. So some better luck there when would... Uh, couldn't run the ball, and that hurts. What's that? When you can't run the ball. That's true. That's true. But I think it'll be better this year. Number two is bad luck in close games last year. I mean, they weren't horribly unlucky, but two and four in one score games. And then number one, Ryan, you stole my thunder. <laughs> yeah. Turnover margin. 120th in the country, you said. Yeah. And, you know, especially considering USC won't have a true freshman at quarterback anymore, you got to think that's that's going to stabilize. I mean, he threw, what, 10 picks last year? He threw, yeah, I think 10 picks. Which isn't awful. Yeah, it's true. But he didn't throw very many more touchdowns. So, yeah. And the <laughs> yeah, defense well, didn't get exactly. a lot of turnovers. We're talking turnovers so. here, Mike. But fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Now it is time to get to the dark horses. Trey, who's our first dark horse? All right. Yeah, we've got Arizona, the Wildcats. Their over-under set at seven, with the under being favored at minus 155. I was so wrong on Arizona and Kevin Sumlin last year. You know, as a fan of college football, I would love to see Khalil Tate and J.J. Taylor excel in this someone in Mazzoni up to up tempo offense 
J.J. Taylor last year, he had over 1,400 yards rushing as a sophomore, even with Khalil Tate not helping him much on the ground. He he did okay over over the air. Kevin Sumlin, though, he focused on the line since depth is an issue there, and that's a little bit scary. They have to blend in a couple of JUCO transfers to help fill the gaps, so they're they're quite thin, and that's that's kind of a alarming fact when you're when you're talking about a team that really is going to rely on their offense because the defense they need some help. They they rank 92nd last year in total defense. They do have a couple of returning linebackers that are good, and Colin Schooler and Tony Fields. But again, it's they're returning from a from a fairly weak defense, so I'm I don't have a lot of lot of confidence in them. So I'm not going to go all in on Arizona like I did last year. I'm going to take the under. I'm uh, I'm going to disagree here. I'm I kind of like Arizona this year. I mean, if you go just reverse yourself for another year here, people were kind of high on on Arizona, and maybe the injury to Khalil Tate really kind of derailed that. Um, and then the struggling secondary, as you kind of mentioned, but so I'm going to, I'm going to say they bounce back and, and go over. I do really like the offense. Donovan Lay, he's a sophomore tackle. He's going to be maybe playing on Sundays. I really like his potentials and the rest of the all line should be better than they were last year. Concern is the wide receiver unit. They lose their top, top receivers there. Uh, but the hope is that if Khalil Tate's healthy and he's got his running ability back, it'll make up for, make up for a lot. And the defense, yes, it struggled, but mainly through the air. The, the, the run defense was actually okay. Um, and the good news is for their defense that they got a lot of experience coming back. 10 of their projected 11 starters will be juniors or seniors. So they're going to have some upperclassmen. And actually, the one sophomore starting on their defense might be their best player, Jalen Harris, defensive end. He's really good at getting to the quarterback. So I'm kind of encouraged by what Zona has coming back. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say over. Yeah, I see it the same way you do, Ryan. I think the off, I mean, I talked about earlier how high I am on Khalil Tate this year. So I just, I think he's going to have a huge year and a young defense should, should continue to get better. One guy they bring back from injury is, is Jace Whitaker at corner. That's a huge piece back to, to help shore up that, that secondary. So I'll take a shot at that plus 135 over. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, moving on here to, uh, what do we got here? Our second dark horse is the UCLA Bruins. Their over-unders being set at five and a half with the the over being the favorite at minus 130. A lot of returning production for, for Chip Kelly. Um, as as low as I am on him overall, I'm I'm gonna go over here on UCLA this year because second year they should get him they should be improved. Dorian Thompson Robinson's coming back for his sophomore season at QB. I think they're gonna make a jump, and they were getting better for sure towards the end of last year especially offensively yeah and dtr before his injury he was really getting a lot better he was looking good yeah exactly so i'm i'm a little encouraged for 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 this year they do have a tough schedule tough non-conference of course uh but i think they're going to be i do like them going over in their last three games of the year last year they averaged over 35 points per game and that included asu usc and stanford so it wasn't wasn't schmucks that they were playing well thank you for saying that about usc well you know, USC's got the brand name, at least. Uh, they do lose their leading receiver, Caleb Wilson, uh, as best as well as their best offensive lineman, uh, Andre James. But eight other starters return. Joshua Kelly at running back. He looked great, at uh, especially against USC. Yeah, that was, he had a huge game. He had a huge, he had a huge yeah. game. That was amazing. Only, only 289 yards. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so they're, they're going to be improved. They won't be amazing, but the, they'll be better. Defense... 
it was definitely worse than the offense last year. They were really, really bad. But they do return nine starters, and some of those starters might not even start this year. So they have some up-and-coming talent. Um, secondary, I think, is going to be the strength. They got Darnay Holmes coming back for his junior year. He was a great recruit, started to play better. Elijah Gates, another really, really highly touted recruit. So uh, I really like this UCLA team this year as far as compared to what they did last year. So I, I'm going to stick with the uh, the over on them. I'm I'm going to wait until Chip Kelly year three before I might believe in in the Bruins. I'm I'm going under on them. I am looking forward to see what DTR can do in his second year. I mean, now that the reins might fully be handed over to him after splitting some time with Wilton Spate last year. You mentioned Joshua Kelly. He's really good at at running back, especially when I think the offensive line should be fine, especially with center Boss Tagaloa, who's that's just like a great name for an offensive <laughs> it lineman. Is, it yeah, is. It's perfect. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm a, you know, semi encouraged. There's still a lot of question marks on the the total total offense, especially seeing what DTR can really do when it's fully his offense. And and I the defense they were dreadful. Like, yeah, you talk about some of the youth and and potential, but I just I'm going to wait and I need to be proven before I see it. So, it's only been 1 year and an off season. But do you guys really think like Kelly can turn the Bruins around? I mean, we talked about how poor he did at recruiting and Mora even did really well at recruiting. So I'm I'm the red flags are out for me. Yeah, I'm definitely a lot lower on on Chip Kelly than I was when they first hired him. I thought it was, you know, obviously kind of a grand slam hire. And yeah, yeah, that recruiting class is definitely worrisome. It's put him in a little bit of a hole. Uh, we'll see how this second one turns out. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me is is when he changes up the recruiting strategy to where he's offering more guys are they going to get a better class this year but you know i still kind of believe in chip kelly like i still think he's a good coach the question is is he hungry enough to go get the talent yeah i mean obviously i've been low on the the chip kelly yeah you were low from the beginning yeah low from the beginning and while i am taking the over this year that's that doesn't mean I'm encouraged by the long-term prognosis of this team. Uh, I just think they're going to get slightly better because it's the second year of a coach. But long-term prognosis is not good for UCLA, in my opinion. What about you, Trey? Yeah, do you, are you still a believer? No, I'm. I'm really not. Like I, I'm. I think I have the exact same sentiments as you. Yeah. I. I think I'm very smart. So that's that's good of you to to fair. To have that. But the one because <laughs> right. well, the one thing when he had, when he took over Oregon. Oh, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> when he took over Oregon, he he inherited a pretty good amount from Bellotti and and the the staff oh, before yeah. him. So it wasn't oh, like, yeah. like UCLA was kind of even though they were recruiting well, they were just a basket case. Yeah, and he's had I mean they've had a ton of guys either, you know, kind of get dismissed or transfer because he's trying to kind of clean house and get in quote unquote his guys. So yeah. I think that's, you know, part of the reason for for their struggles last year. Um, but I am I am very high on them this year. I think they're going to take a big jump forward because I do believe in in Chip Kelly's coaching ability. Um, and I think I, I liked what I saw, you know, from from DTR um, those last few games he played last year. So I hate to say it as a USC fan, but I'm going to confidently take the over and make that my lock for the Pac-12. Ooh, oh, <laughs> Picking the over on USC, making UCLA your lock. I did not expect <laughs> these two things. Uh, okay, let's move on to our next dark horse, and it is Arizona State. Their season win total is set at seven and a half. The under 
is a minus 185 favorite. So last year was was kind of a ready-made team, I feel like, for Herm Edwards. Oh, by the way, Herm Edwards, we left him out of our best coaches in the Pac-12 discussion, right? <laughs> I said his name, but... Oh, did you? I didn't yeah. even hear that. Wow. But it is not. So. I would have laughed had I heard that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, last year did did go okay. But, you know, he had a senior quarterback in Manny Wilkin- Wilkins, one of the best receivers in the country in Nikhil Harry. I, I think the floor for that team was was pretty high, no matter who the coach was. Now you got a new quarterback. It's likely going to be either the junior Dylan Sterling Cole or one of the true freshmen, probably the four-star Jaden Daniels. My guess is at some point Daniels takes over, even if he if he doesn't start the season. But either way, with five seniors on the O-line and, of course, Eno Benjamin, the amazing running back returning, I think they're going to rely heavily on the run this year and, and should, should be fine. Now, the defense was not very good last year, but they might be the most improved unit in the country because they played so many freshmen last year. I think that's going to start paying off, especially at linebacker Merlin Robertson. He was, Beast. I think he was their leading tackler last year as a freshman. So yeah, yeah he's Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year. Yeah, he's going to be really good, but I don't think it's quite enough to get to eight wins. I still don't trust Herm Edwards that much. So even though, you know, I, I think they will be a fine team. I, I'm taking the under. Well, I'm going to disagree here and take the over. I think seven and five is realistic. I think that's maybe their their most likely um, projected wins. But the the under is minus one eighty five here, so you're not getting many odd, very good odds. So I'm just because of that is the reason why I'm going to take the over. And yes, Manny Wilkins losing him is going to hurt, and you would think the passing game would drop a lot without Nikhil Harry as well. But uh, I'm not seeing going to be a, a huge drop off they still have some talent on the outside kyle williams comes back he had 44 catches last year and he's a he's a good slot receiver brandon Ayuk had 33 catches after a good first year coming from junior college and then they have a legit deep threat in in frank darby so they have some decent pieces to throw to and of course the ground game is going to be strong so i think they're going to have quite a few one-on-one matchups with people trying to stop, you know, Benjamin. So I'm I'm encouraged by that offense. Defensively, Michael, you already attested to it. They have they have some good young pieces. Uh, they do lose uh, Rennell Wren up front. He was a good good nose tackle for them, uh, and they were 74th in the nation against stopping the run. So that that is a bit of a concern. But they at least have some depth uh, up front now. Great linebacking core. Um, Michael, you mentioned Merlin Robinson, but they also have Darian Butler and Tyler Johnson. They were freshman linebackers as well, and they played a ton. So yeah, they're going to be like the because Arizona, right? A couple years ago, had, had all those freshmen starting at right. linebacker. Now Arizona State's doing the same thing, and I feel like and Miami. I mean, it's like Miami Shaq Quarterman with the Miami, same thing, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, these, these guys are good. They're, I mean, they're going to be good, and I, I like the secondary. I think that's going to be a real strength of this team. Kobe Williams comes back. Chase Lucas, they're they're great corners. Sorry, Crosswell, he was a good safety freshman last year. So no, there's yeah, they're they're exciting, and I like uh, I like Danny Gonzalez. I like his his uh, the three three five defense the defensive coordinator there. So second year under him should see a jump. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be confident in them. Take the over. I'm, I'm not, I'm just mainly because of the Herm factor. Uh, he, we're going to really learn a lot about him in, in year two. Now that, you know, we're going to see some of his influence on the team. There is reason for hope on the offense. You know, Benjamin's one of my favorite players in college football, uh, mainly because he did so well for me on my fantasy team last year, which everyone I know cares about. 
And defensively, I'm edit that out. There's there is some excitement with the youth, but I need to be. They need to show it to me before I really believe it. Once again, I'm going to go to the special teams. Well, one positive for them is they do return Brandon Ruiz at kicker. He was pretty strong last year, but I I just I need them to show it to me. I just don't. They're better than I thought they'd be, but I don't see them winning eight or more games. So I'm taking the under. All right, we are to our last team in the Pac-12. It's the long shot. Ryan, I have a feeling this might be your lock here because you haven't given a lock yet for the Pac-12, but uh <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to ask Trey first though. We don't know which way you're going. Well, I guess didn't last episode you say that Oregon State was going to win more games than Colorado, so <laughs> I kind of get it's kind of a giveaway now, isn't it? Maybe I have a feeling which way you're going, but Trey, what do you think about Colorado? So, the Buffs, their over under is set at four and a half with the under actually being favored at minus 155. So here's a question to start out for you guys. How many bowl games do you think Colorado has been to in the last 11 years? One. Well, you see, Ryan, that you're no fun when you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, seriously, one. That's yeah. incredible. It is crazy. Growing up, they were they were great. Like, yeah. One, only one? and uh, That's amazing. So I... How they were just a one-hit wonder a few years back under McIntyre. Just that's really bizarre. Yeah. And last year, last year you really thought they were going to make a bowl game five and zero. Yeah, it was, exactly. Oh yeah, that's up right. Thirty-one to three on Oregon State. Oh yeah, I forgot about that game. Oh, Ouch. oh man. So so obviously the McIntyre era ends, and we we go in with the new uh, the new coach, the former Georgia and Alabama D coordinator Mel Tucker. So. There's some pieces on offense returning. Steven Montez at quarterback, so there's some stability there. He wasn't always the most uh, consistent, I should say. But luckily, he gets to throw to LaVisca Chenault, who we've we've talked about, probably, if not the best, one of the best receivers in the country. You also got Katie Nixon, who had over 50 catches. They don't return much experience at running back, though. The, in fact, the guys that are returning only have a total of 11 rushing attempts. So it's uh, it sounds like it'll be a little bit of a committee of, of young running backs this year. Defense, kind of an unknown commodity, even though that is Mel Tucker's specialty. He's, he's going to have to work some magic here. Nine of the 11 linemen on their roster haven't even played a snap at Colorado. One, they do have linebacker Nate Landman. He's he should be solid. He's known as their their hardest hitter, but yeah, the hammer. He likes to get thrown out of games. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just I'm just not seeing it. At least in year one, they also drew one of the toughest schedules. So I'm I'm going under on Colorado. Yeah, this one's this one's a tough one for me because you bring up all the skill talent. They, I think there, there's obviously a lot to like, and I do like Steven Montez at quarterback. He, I guess, maybe inconsistent from game to game, but year to year, it seems like he's he puts up numbers. Yeah, he's good puts yeah. up the same stats. Yeah, and good. and he's been doing it. I think the big problem with Colorado the past few years offensively has been their O line. They just oh, horrible. Yeah, they've been horrible. They bring in a grad transfer, Arlington Hambright from from Oklahoma State. Hopefully that helps things out a little bit but they just haven't been able to protect the quarterback they haven't been able to run the ball so that that remains a concern and the defense one guy i want to bring up that that you didn't mention trey mustafa johnson yeah. on the d-line one of the one of the few guys that does return he was one of their most productive defensive linemen in like a couple decades last year he was yeah he was really good uh coming in from junior college but you know against what phil Steele has as the fifth toughest schedule in the country i gotta lean under yeah i i'm going under as well um <laughs> surprise surprise 
Yeah. I the offense, yeah, it's it's all right, but with they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, Jay Johnson. He doesn't have really any experience as an as an offensive coordinator. Very 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 green, and they're going to change to more of a pro style. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna stick to the run game a little bit more. Eh, I have my concerns about that, um, but the, at least they do have Lavisca Chenault, who is amazing. So I mean, I was thinking about it as far as on a national level, what how how good Lavisca is compared to the rest of the country. I mean, I. I might put him like second or third in the nation. I mean, he's, I think he's that good. What do you, what do you, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I feel like at the top, it's so difficult to separate guys, but he, he's in the discussion for number one. You obviously, you got Jerry Judy. Yeah. Um, Rondell Moore, Justin Ross. Yeah. Ju- yeah. T Higgins for that. Higgins, yeah. Yep. CD Lamb. See, Tylen Wallace, another Oklahoma guy. Well, yep. Oklahoma State, but, yeah, I mean, he's right. Th- I don't know if because if he would have stayed healthy last year, he would have had a huge numbers, monster numbers. So and with with and not a great offense. So yeah, I mean, you could you could definitely make an argument for number one. Yeah, yeah. he's he's exciting to watch too. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So when I when I looked at the Colorado defense here, I oh man, it's gonna be rough. I really feel like I mean, outside of Mustafa Johnson. At defensive end, the D line is a huge, huge problem. They'll be relying on a redshirt freshman at nose tackle, Jalen Sami, and that's a huge issue. He was not a very highly recruited guy; really, just Colorado wanted him. Uh, and then their two main their two main backups are also they're most likely going to be a couple of JUCOs who were very, very high, uh, lightly recruited as well. Then they were going to be counting on an Auburn transfer, Jontavius Johnson, to help at that nose tackle position, but. He already left the program after being there for just a little bit. Yeah, there's so, been a lot of that this offseason. Yeah, so, and then they had a, their safety, Hassan Hippolyte. He was kicked off the team, I think, in May, and he was going to be maybe their best secondary player. Yeah, they liked him. They did get a transfer, uh, safety transfer in from uh, from SMU. SMU, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he was pretty good there, so. I mean, at least he'll has experience playing, but I wouldn't, you know, he's not great. But, I mean, they have issues. They they are not deep. They don't have experience up front. Outside of Mustafa Johnson and Landman, they, it's it's rough. I think this is going to be the worst defense outside of Oregon State in the Pac-12. So, I, I'm going to have to say this is, my, this is my under and this is my lock. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That does it for the Pac-12 South team, or yeah, Pac-12 South teams. Let's move on to our championship picks. Oh, whoa, whoa, what was that? I don't know. Did you guys? Did you guys feel that? I I did. It was a. It's a little bit of a tremor. I'm feeling, or I don't know. The hair on my neck just went yeah. up a little bit. I think it's time for a segment of the Clairvoyant Bros. Yeah, you guys ready to give the Pac-12 a psychic reading? I really am. I'm ready, Mike. I think I think I see a bell. I see I see a, a victory bell. Oh. Oh that oh that's USC and UCLA's trophy. Ah USC will beat UCLA, but it won't be enough to save Clay Helton's job. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he he's gone. He's gone. I'm happy you see that. Uh, I I it's it's kind of dusty. I see I see something dusty. I, but through the dust, I'm I'm seeing something. I see something running. It's like uh, it's the Tasmanian devil. I think. 
Mm. Ah, wait a minute. It's it's Eno Benjamin. Ah, a sun devil. He's gonna lead the nation in rushing. Oh wow! Wow. I was I was listening to some spirits from from hell recently. <laughs> I overheard them. Actually, I couldn't. It was either hell or Arizona in the summer. It was it's oh. tough to tell. <laughs> even, even for <laughs> even for a clairvoyant person as myself, but they told me that Arizona would start five and zero. They'll beat Hawaii, Northern Arizona, Texas Tech, UCLA, and Colorado, setting up a huge home game with Washington on October twelfth. I see that. Wow, this is. I'm seeing something I've I've never seen before. I I, I see myself. Wow, that's amazing. I see myself. Falling into a trap of some sort, mm-hmm. I will end up going all in on Arizona. After I told myself I wouldn't fall back into them, oh. after they do have that start that you talk about, Michael, and I won't be able to resist. Mm. You're cursed. You're cursed. <laughs> mm. I have a vision here. It's very foggy. It's super foggy. It's cold. I see a pirate ship. It's it's out, out on a lake. I think it's yeah it's it's in seattle on lake washington it's it's mike leach he's stealing the apple cup from chris peterson oh oh after dear. five straight losses on the field wow it's the only way he can get the apple cup <laughs> wow wow we better alert, alert alert the police the pirate lives on i see drake jackson true freshman defensive end for usc becoming a freshman all-american and as a result i see myself making incessant Seinfeld jokes about how much I love the Drake. <laughs> I love the Drake. Love the Drake. Wow. Whew. Ooh, man. Might have been our best reading yet. Yeah. Very strong there. <laughs> wow. I like when Trey said, I, I'm seeing something for the first time. It's me. <laughs> <Myself>. <laughs> have you never looked in a mirror? Oh. <laughs> But you know what? You just you got to listen to the spirits, whatever they tell you to say. I, it's hard to resist. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> now it is time for our championship picks. So, Ryan, who you got in the Pac-12 championship? Okay. Well, I have uh, the Utah Utes, of course, the, the heavy favorite from the South. I have them playing the Oregon Ducks. They're going to be a pair of 10-2 and two teams. Okay. And uh, in this game, I, I see the Utes winning that one i think their physicality is gonna prevail and i think they're gonna win it and go to the rose bowl all right so my pick in the north i'm taking washington i'm trusting chris peterson i'm trusting the defensive staff and the other reason i like them is they get who i see as the two biggest competitors oregon and washington state at home then they're favored by six right now against oregon six and a half against wazoo it's super hard to win in seattle so yeah that's why i like them in the north and the South, I mean, there's no question. Utah, it's the clear choice, easy choice. Um, so to win the conference, I'm very surprised that I'm doing this because all offseason I've been ragging on Jacob Eason, but I'm taking U-Dub. I think by that time in the season, their defense is is not going to be inexperienced. Jacob Eason should be more comfortable in the offense or maybe Jake Hayner, the, the prediction I was I was too scared to make, Yeah, right. <laughs> will miraculously take over. But no, I, I think they'll be in, in better shape at the end of the year and and... Who knows? Huntley might not, even, might not even be healthy by then. I hope he is, but it's a potential concern. Yeah. So I have Utah and Washington matching up as well, except I have Utah beating Washington in what is a title rematch from last year. Mm-hmm. 
I think Washington beats Utah in their regular season matchup, but then Utah gets revenge in the, the conference title. All right. Wow. Well, went 0-2 against them last year, but they'll finally finally break through. Yeah. And the second time last year, they didn't have Moss or uh, Huntley. No. And they were, and it was competitive. Yeah, it was super ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's reasonable pick, but wow. Yeah. Both of you guys are, are going with Utah. You're buying the, buying the Utah hype. I am. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I'm not buying as lot. I'm out of many other teams in the Pac-12. That's true. There's not really a sure thing in the Pac-12 right now. A lot yeah. of people, most people, I don't know about most people, but Oregon obviously is a very sexy team. I do like Oregon. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out super quick about Oregon in that that Auburn game. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be great. Okay, now let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. USC briefly hired Cliff Kingsbury this offseason before he left to go take the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. What is your favorite short-lived college football run? Um, I think I would have to go with uh, when Dennis Erickson went uh, and coached at Idaho. Oh, yeah. And Idaho thought they were going to be like the next Boise and they were all pumped about it. Then he left like after a year and they were really (laughs) pissed. Oh, poor Idaho. (laughs) Yeah, poor Vandals. But then they got good after that. Yeah, they they were good for a Remember while. Those years, they were uh, they had like Nathan Enderley or something at QB, but now now they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Okay, so I'll go with the the 2014 Heisman candidacy of Texas A&M quarterback Kenny Trill, Kenny Hill. Oh man, it lasted. Yeah, it was like a little bit over a month. He had that, of course, amazing start to the season, and then it kind of went downhill. Man, I forgot down about- Kenny Hill. Yeah, <laughs> that was very short lived. Yes, it was. Uh, mine is Hawaii football prominence. That, that that little June Jones era that they had was so fun when when they kind of bookend quarterbacks Timmy Chang and Colt Brennan. The defense even had playmakers too, which was which was fun. I mean, mm-hmm. could you imagine late night Twitter now if if that was going on nowadays? Oh, yeah. oh man, that would be great. That would be great. They need to. Hey, maybe Cole McDonald will do that this yeah, year. Yeah, could yeah. happen. All right, Chip Kelly is well known for. Oh, speaking of Cole McDonald, did you guys hear that news about his injury last year? No. Oh. All right, we're not going to discuss it on the podcast. It's not exactly appropriate, but Google it. Folks. Just look it up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Chip Kelly is well known for emphasizing food and nutrition for his players. But everyone needs a cheat day. What do you guys eat on cheat day? You guys know I love burgers. Five Guys is probably one of my favorites. So I'm loading up on a double cheeseburger. More fries than a human should probably consume in a sitting. So (laughs) I'd go Five Guys. I love the Cajun-style fries there. Those are good. But uh, the two best foods, I think, on the planet... Wetzel's pretzels, oh yeah, and Cinnabon cinnamon rolls. Ooh, so there you go. Wetzel's pretzels is a good one. I yeah, I'm gonna say a different one, but that would be my number one. I, I went to Wetzel's pretzels the other night. It was, I guess, my cheat day, and uh, and it was like 45 minutes before they closed, and they were out of pretzels. What? Oh my goodness! They're like, well, you can have a, like a pizza roll or something. No, 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 way. no. And I, I said, I demand to speak to your manager. No, you didn't. No, nope. I didn't. No, no. you're like, no, it's I, okay. I said, thank okay. you. Thank you. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry for right. the inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I'll have to go with uh, popcorn as mine then. It's, I don't have it all that much, but it is. You love popcorn. It's always good. I do love popcorn. I really do. It's not, I can't really watch a movie without a popcorn and a Coke. All right. Last question of the episode. Who has the most Gen Z name in the Pac-12? Generation Z. 
So I'll go first here. Washington right guard Jackson Kirkland. And it's oh, ja- wow. Yeah. Jackson yeah, is J A X S O N. Perfect. Prototypical Gen Z. Yeah. 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 There was, there's one here. The safety for Utah, Javelin Gidry. Javelin's a great name. I like that. I mean, that. it is, but where did they come up with that? Wow. <laughs> I don't, maybe it's a javelin. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I actually have uh, another Utah player here. I'm going with their kicker, Jaden Redding. Mm-hmm. Jaden, uh, yeah, that is. Jaden is just huge right now. Jaden, Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. There was also a lot of Jalens. Yeah, there were. A lot of Jalens. Yep. All right. That'll do it for our Pac-12 preview episodes. Hope you enjoyed them. Next week, got two episodes again. One's going to cover the Big 12, and the other will be our Group of Five and Independence episode. So if you're a fan of Notre Dame or Army or any of the top G5 teams, be sure to check that out, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.